Hey, it's Chris. Apple Studio Display is making a weird buzzing sound for some customers. Samsung is already mocking the new iPhone 14 before it's even out, and the new Apple Watch Pro Edition could end up costing over $1,000. We're gonna talk about who would pay that and more today on the Daily Tag Podcast. That's right, we're doing things a little bit different today for the podcast. I'm actually filming it for the first time in a long time, and I'm gonna put it on the main channel because why not? You know, people say they like this hangout vibe that's kind of going on here and kind of talk a little bit different than when there's just a scripted video. So this is gonna be a little bit longer. We're gonna go through some of the Apple news. We're gonna talk about what's going on here at Daily Tech. It's just gonna be kind of a chill time to relax on here Friday. So I'm checking out the Mac Rumors report here that says Apple Studio Display owners complain of high-pitched buzzing sound likely caused by electrical interference. Now, I didn't grab one of these. I was tempted. Uh, I just never got around to it. Apple never sent me one. So I'm guessing, as happens, when something goes wrong with one of Apple's products, that this isn't super widespread, probably. And every time I get in trouble here when I'm like, hey, it's probably not gonna affect too many people, you know, don't worry too much about it. <laughs> and then people come in and they're just really upset because they were one of the people that was affected. So I'm not gonna make a blanket statement this time that, hey, you know, this probably isn't gonna affect your purchase or, or whatever. I'm just gonna let the people complain that have had this happen and let's see what they've actually said. So some Apple Studio Display owners have taken to online forums to complain that the monitors make a high-pitched buzzing sound that appears to be emanating from the top of the screen or behind it, and it may be caused by electrical interference. Now the Studio Display is not cheap. Starts at $15.99, goes up to $18.99 with that nano texture glass. <laughs> the last thing that you wanna hear is a weird buzzing sound, which apparently is not caused by fans. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Coming from this, I mean, getting close to $2,000 display. It says, there's more complaints on Twitter, Reddit, and the Apple support community dating back to June, and more recently even on the Mac Rumors forums about the issue, which is variously described as an electrical buzzing or a constant ringing that is, quote, loud, or, quote, high-pitched, or, quote, very annoying. Now, here's what's weird about it. It doesn't happen all the time. Apparently, it's only when a MacBook Pro or an iPad is plugged into the studio display. And some have noted that the noise can vary in intensity and the pitch depending on the time of day, which could suggest an electrical shielding issue, which may be the cause of this fault. Now, this is a Gen 1 product, right? There's never been a studio display before. Apple's made monitors before, but this is the first time that the studio display itself is out. This is the first model. So this is a good piece of advice. You know, whenever something brand new comes out, you know, it's tempting to check it out, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made this cool new thing. But you're the guinea pig when you buy something brand new like this. And these are the sorts of issues that can pop up. You're taking a gamble, you know, when you get something brand new. And, it, you know, here's one of the complaints that somebody said. It says, I'm experiencing a very annoying high-pitched buzzing sound with my studio display. I've spoken to others on Twitter who also have the problem. And I've had Apple support on the case, but nothing was resolved. It's not the fans. It's a distinct and very annoying sound that emanates from the rear area of the display, roughly where the power supply is positioned. I'm 90% certain that the display is picking up interference from somewhere and amplifying it, maybe through the house uh, power circuit, but I can't be sure. Someone I spoke to believes that the PSU is poorly shielded, but I have no idea if that's true either. This is one of those things, it's like, who knows what the problem is, right? Everybody's house is different, everyone's office is different, so wherever you've got the studio display, you're gonna have all kinds of different electronics around or not, and then there's the electronics that you're using yourself, 
you know, plugged in uh, to the thing. So it could just be, maybe it could be like a software update. Maybe it's just an inherent flaw built in, but it's a possibility that this isn't gonna get fixed until the next version of the studio display. Some users have suggested though that the studio display is picking up interference from electric car chargers, which would be kind of annoying, right? <laughs> you can't give up your electric car. You spend a ton to get that thing installed, get the right outlet, you know, what are you supposed to do? Not charge it when you're not using that? Like when you're not using the car, that's when you charge it. But that's probably also when you're probably gonna be using your studio display, if that's the case. Like this person, uh, they track the interference back to a Lutron Cassetta light dimmer that's installed in their house. Whenever the dimmer is turned on, the buzzing noise starts coming out of the ASD. <laughs> oh, that'd be so annoying. The dimmers are not even on the same breaker as the ASD. The only thing I can think of is that the dimmers are creating electrical noise that is propagating to the electrical panel and then propagates to the ASD. I mean, the complaints go on and on and on, which is just unfortunate because this had some really interesting features, 27 inch, 5K retina display, lots of great pixels, decent brightness, 600 nits of brightness, you know, a thousand would be better, but this is as expensive enough as it is. You know, P3 wide color, built-in camera, you know, it has stuff that you're not gonna find on you know, various competitors, <laughs> including apparently this potential interference. And, and I'm not laughing uh, at anybody who has this. Um, I'm just laughing. It's like, I can't believe it. I can't believe that this would be an issue. And then there's uh, Tommy at Gadgets Boy on Twitter who's showing off this new LG flexible monitor. It's an ultra wide that flexes. So if you want the curve, you can have it curve. If you want it to just be straight, it can be straight. That's pretty crazy. Uh, I, I'm not making a separate video on that, but you know, there's a lot of really compelling monitors coming out. So if Apple is gonna have something that steals people away from all these really interesting products coming out, at the very least, it has to work properly and not have any extra unknown issues. All right, in between stories here, let me just tell you uh, a little bit about what's going on here. I had to send back a bunch of review units today. In fact, I'm sending them back. So I've been busy wiping devices, you know, resetting them, removing my iCloud account from how many devices? I'm sending back the iPhone SE, two iPhone 14s, or 13s. <laughs> I don't have the 14s yet. <laughs> Slip there. Uh, I'm sending back some iPads, multiple iPads. And it's crazy as I'm going through, you know, various things came in various boxes, tried to keep them all together. They have different labels to send back. And I do a pretty good job of keeping track of all this stuff over the period of many months, right? I was impressed with myself. I did lose one label. I couldn't find that label, so I'm gonna have to get a new one. But this is what drove me nuts. I'm going through and I'm trying to sign out of my account, I think on one of the iPhones, and you know, you go in, I've, I've got a lot of devices, right, listed under my iCloud stuff because number one, I just have a lot anyways from being an Apple fan, but number two, from all the review stuff, over the years, it kind of is just this big long list of stuff. And I was scrolling down to hit sign out and it hadn't loaded all the way or something. And so it loaded just before my finger hit and I signed out one of my home pods down in the basement uh, instead of that device, which is annoying because now it's not gonna work with everything. I gotta go reset that up. But it was interesting as I'm going through all the devices, I was really uh, remembering how much I really like the form factor of the iPhone SE this year. And when I say form factor, I really just mean the size. That thing was awesome, the size. I really don't like the forehead and chin. I'll be honest about that. Um, that would be hard to go back to, but it was a super capable device. 
that video that I made about it this year continues to get lots of comments and reviews because um, there's a lot of people who don't care to get or don't want to get or can't get the latest, greatest iPhone that are so happy with that phone. And I understand why, holding it in your hand, there's just something about it. Uh, it's a really interesting device. So I hadn't spent a lot of time with it after the initial coverage and it was interesting just picking it back up. You know, the, the mini is gonna be gone this next year. That's what the rumors say. And so if you're gonna get a small phone, it's probably gonna be the SE, which might be more compelling if it finally gets, you know, an update to its design and it kind of matches more of what we see from the current devices. Wow, I think a lot of people would really, really like it to the point where Apple's gotta be careful <laughs> because uh, a lot of people are gonna want that size, you know, and not wanna spend uh, what you could spend on an iPhone 14 plus or max, whatever they're gonna call it this year. Also, before we move on, I, I also got this crazy email. Around iPhone launch time, all the crazy emails start flooding in. I got an email from a case company that said, hey, we can send you the new iPhone 14 cases right now. You don't even have to wait. We'll just send it. Give us your address, send it, you can check it out. Which is funny, and part of their email was like, hey, we've always got this right for X, Y, and Z amount of years. <laughs> we've always accurately predicted the size, the shape, and so they're pretty confident that they have nailed uh, what, what it's gonna be. Now, I don't know if Apple sends out you know, some dummy units for them to make these accessories ahead of time. It seems like maybe that's been the case before with some sort of an agreement, like you can't share any photos or, you know, I don't know. Or is there like a mole on the inside or are they just going off of the rumors? I don't know, I'm not gonna say the company. You've definitely heard of them before and I didn't ask for the cases. Uh, you know, if I want the cases, I'll just buy the cases. But it's just kind of funny because, you know, Apple's so private and so secure if they can help it before the launch. And it's just like everybody that's involved with iPhone stuff, they seem to know already <laughs> what it's gonna look like, what the dimensions are gonna be. It's kind of annoying. I've told you before, I really like to be surprised if I can help it. So I don't love all the leaks and the rumors and stuff. Some people, they they thrive off of it and they can't get enough. And uh, that's just not me. I would rather be surprised when the event comes um, than to know every little detail potentially ahead of time. Which is funny because we're gonna talk about in just a minute here, uh, Apple's history of one more things during the Tim Cook era. So uh, I guess I have one more thing, uh, internal housekeeping matter to attend to here before we move on to the other news stories and, and a cool app that I found. And that is the spam across the internet for creators is just getting out of control. And I know I've talked about this even recently on the podcast, but I have to mention it again because yeah. First of all, I don't have a Telegram account for Daily Tech, right? We've never made one for Daily Tech, but people have been contacting me for weeks now saying, hey, um, I'm just checking in about that giveaway, or you know, hey, I just wanted to verify my details, or some people are like, is that really you over there on Telegram? Because somebody has created like official Daily Tech or official underline Daily Tech, all these different Daily Tech uh, accounts over on Telegram, which is funny because if I wanted to go sign up for an actual account on Telegram, I'm sure daily tech spelled correctly is actually already taken. I'm sure the scammers already got there. And it's annoying because, you know, I can ask people to report that. And this isn't just a Telegram thing. Uh, obviously, YouTube is terrible when it comes to spam. Uh, it seems like it goes in waves. And every time I produce a video, you know, it's not long before <laughs> the, the spam bots just descend. And the thing is, 
I talk to some people and like, oh yeah, I know about that. It's, that's too bad, you know, and I look for the check mark by your name. But so many people get taken in by these scammers. I feel bad for people, but also it's like, do you not realize that this is a scam? It's that old thing, like if it's too good to be true, it probably is. People think that I'm sitting there and I'm just giving stuff away in this constant stream of giveaways or something. Or like this one person contacted me and they were like, um, yeah, so I sent the money, when do I get my thing? <laughs> and it's like, what? Uh, and I think in this instance, they had paid like $400 to a scammer who, and they were hoping to get this $700 iPad for only $400, but they had to send the money first and what, you know, and they did. And you know, it's like, I've, I've told people in every venue that I can, like, look out for scammers. I'm not gonna, you know, be giving away stuff. I'm not on Telegram and people report these scammers. I report the scammers. I just can't stay ahead of all the spam. And so I guess this is yet one more warning to just say, uh, you know, be careful out there. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Look for the check mark next to my name here uh, on YouTube for sure. I'm not on Telegram, just beware. All right, so I've been seeing all over social today that Samsung's got an ad out that's already making fun of the iPhone 14 before it's even launched. It's not even out yet. Samsung's trying to lampoon Apple. And this is nothing new. And by the way, I have nothing against Samsung. I have a few Samsung products laying around that I've just bought to play with, to explore. You know, Samsung makes some cool, innovative products, but it's always a little bit cringy for me when they go out of their way to make fun of Apple because it just never seems to be a good look for them. I'll just put it that way. So I haven't seen the ad yet. I'm about to watch it, react to it right now. It's called Buckle Up, and it's uh, the Galaxy S22 Ultra and the Z Flip 4, which were just released. Buckle up for Apple's latest launch. As you enter a world where heads will turn, just not in your direction, where the highest resolution camera on a smartphone will be in someone else's pocket. And that epic moonshot that's getting all the likes won't be yours. Because this innovation is not coming soon to an iPhone near you. It's already here in the Galaxy. Okay, I see what Samsung's got going on here. So the, the premise is, uh, look, all this cool stuff, you're not gonna have it if you get the iPhone. It's already here, Samsung's already done it, Apple's terrible, Samsung cool. Okay, yes, Samsung has some form factors that Apple doesn't have and won't have for a while. Apple has a very straightforward design with their phone. Samsung has foldables. Uh, Apple has, this year, the rumor is that they're gonna upgrade to like a 48 megapixel sensor for the main camera. And Samsung says, hey, we've got 108 or something like that over on ours. So the argument here is almost like, if you want people to think you're cool, then get a Samsung. Which is pretty funny because I just saw the headline today that there are more iPhones in use in the USA than Android phones. That's Android in general, right? Not just Samsung. So Samsung would be a smaller slice of the pie. So the argument here that heads are gonna be turning just not in your direction because you don't have a foldable phone is uh, appealing to people's vanity, I guess, number one. And there is something about having, you know, something, I guess, a form factor that someone else doesn't have. Maybe somebody is gonna feel cool about that. The problem is foldables have already been around for a little bit, so you're not like that bleeding edge 
if you get one this year. But the other thing is the actual trendsetters, like, you know, high school, college age kids, right? They're gravitating more towards the iPhone, right? Statistically, by the numbers. <laughs> and so obviously when you put out an ad, you're trying to change uh, the direction of the tide there. But right, like last year, 88% of US teens preferred the iPhone over the Android platform. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then to say, well, Apple's gonna upgrade their sensor and it's still only gonna be like half as many pixels or whatever as we've got over here on the Samsung side of things. Well, pixels aren't everything, obviously. When you go and look at all the different comparison videos that get done every year on YouTube, you can have a really hard time picking out uh, which one has more megapixels, right? A lot of that just has to do with how images get processed. So Google's very famous for using like really subpar camera components in their phones, but they're so good with their algorithms that they can make those uh, images shot with lesser hardware look on par or very close to as good as uh, something that's cutting edge from another company. Now that's Google. Apple has some serious AI uh, chops when it comes to photo processing as well. So in a lot of ways, I guess, this ends up sort of being a bit of a straw man argument in that you're arguing against something that, that isn't an issue in the first place. I guess my overall feeling on this ad and ads like this is that people shouldn't be getting something because it makes them feel a certain way versus someone else. They should be getting something because it's what's best for them. Not I'm better than you, but this is what's better for me. Samsung has made a lot of progress recently in terms of their ecosystem, you know, with their earbuds. We haven't seen their smart speaker <laughs> famously, but they do have a solid tablet lineup. If you're an Android fan, they do have, you know, obviously the phones. So you have some stuff that can all work together. Obviously they've got some great monitors and, and TVs and stuff as well, but I'm not super impressed by this particular ad. Although I think we should have a peek at the comments. And I will just say also, I mean, it made me laugh, the ad. <laughs> I will say that. I did get a smile, uh, and I'm thinking about it still. It is funny, it's funny, but it's just not necessarily, it doesn't really matter. The points that are trying to be made, they don't actually matter, but it is funny. Somebody says, uh, I love how it started off like it was hyping the new iPhone. That is clever. Someone says, as an iPhone user, I found this hilarious. Yeah, it is funny, but I will say, I, I mentioned this in one of my recent videos, right? These tech items, right, they're tools kind of like a hammer or a saw. And it's not really about the tool itself, it's really about what you can do with it, right? So that first point there about heads are gonna be turning but not in your direction, Mr. iPhone person, right? But it's like saying, hey, look at my folding hammer. You know, it's a tool, it's a tool. What are you gonna do with it? The reason I'm in the Apple ecosystem so deeply uh, with my own personal devices, not review stuff, is that I can do some really cool stuff in, in a way that seems better to me than I can in another ecosystem. You know, working with Final Cut Pro and AirDrop and the iPhone with Filmic and being able to just shoot something and send it over and it works so well in Final Cut Pro. That's a real workflow for me that has serious benefits. Filmic doesn't work so good over on the Android side of things in comparison. And also there's no Final Cut Pro outside of the Apple ecosystem. So these are the kind of considerations, the workflow stuff that goes beyond, hey, this is a cool looking tool um, to how can I actually use this and what can I use it to do? Um, that's kind of stuff that this ad is glossing over.
some people, believe it or not, Samsung, are not gonna want that foldable form factor. Even when and if Apple comes out with a foldable iPhone, there's gonna be people who don't want that, who are gonna want that traditional looking phone, right? A lot of people want something that just works and that is very familiar and solid versus something that seems whiz, bang, flashy, different for the sake of being different. <laughs> Here's a hilarious comment by somebody. <laughs> it says, I'm still waiting for the exploding feature to come to the iPhone. Now that's a low blow. You know, we haven't seen that for a while, but that is funny. It's crazy the rivalry here, right? Why can't people just like technology and leave everybody else alone? But Samsung started it with this ad, like Apple's not out there attacking uh, the Samsung products, right? And I feel like that really says something. When you don't have to go out and say something bad about the competition, whether you're a person or it's politics or you know, you're a company like this, when you're just out there and you're like, no, this is why I think you're gonna like our product and you don't even have to mention the competition, that's the real statement. That's the big statement. And, you know, Apple doesn't have to punch down, I guess. Last comment, I see someone here says, I still remember the quote ingenious ad mocking Apple for the missing headphone jack and the micro SD slot. Now look at you. <laughs> and there's a lot of replies. This could go on all day. That's the ad. That's what I think about it. I got to give a shout out to basic Apple guy on Twitter. He's always putting out interesting stuff, uh, some great wallpapers, uh, interesting insights into the Apple ecosystem. I, I think he's really upping his profile. I've told him he needs to get on YouTube. So far, he's keeping things to a blog. But he put out this really interesting tweet and uh, with a little visual, and it says, here's the history of the three One More Thing announcements of the Tim Cook era. So obviously, Apple fans love, they look for, they salivate at the possibility of seeing a One More Thing happen at an Apple event which if you've been living under a rock, it's like the event happens, all the announcements get made, you think it's over, and then out comes the CEO and says, oh, and by the way, this one more thing, and it's something really cool and exciting that you weren't expecting, or maybe you were hoping for, but you were disappointed, it was a fake out, you know, it's not gonna happen, oh, but then it's gonna happen. Like, Apple fans, they love the one more thing, me included, and in the Tim Cook era, it's happened three times, according to Basic Apple Guy, once in 2014, where Apple previewed the Apple Watch, once in 2015, where Apple introduced Apple Music, and once in 2017, where Apple uh, announced the iPhone 10 or the X. Remember that? 10 or X? There was the Power Mac G4 Cube in 2000. There was the PowerBook G4 Titanium in 2001. Basically, this was like every year for a while with uh, Steve Jobs, and that's why it became such a thing, because it was repeated so often. There was a 17-inch iMac in 2002. There was the G5 in 2003, which was very iconic. Fast forward a little bit, iPod mini in different colors in 2004, not super exciting when it's just new colors. iPod shuffle was one more thing in 2005. I had one of those and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Sometimes I still kind of miss it because it's just like a dedicated music thing, had no screen. Do you remember that? That white stick, it's like a stick of gum sort of with controls. Back in 2006, the new MacBook Pro was a one more thing. The original MacBook Air in 2010, that was a one more thing, and that was very cool. Uh, that everyone was very excited about. And then that brings us back to the one more things in the Tim Cook era. Now of all of these things, the Apple Watch, Apple Music, and the iPhone 10, I think the Apple Watch was probably one of the things that I was most excited about 
because it didn't exist yet. iPhones were already in existence. Now, the iPhone 10 came along and it changed everything because it had that new design language that everyone was so excited about, which then got boring and kind of stale. Speaking of all the Samsung stuff we just talked about, right? <laughs> There's a little bit of truth there in that Samsung ad. It's just Apple is so expected, so straightforward all the time. Doesn't deviate much from what's been working for them and look how they sell. But the Apple Watch was something so new. And even looking at it, this old version of it here, it doesn't look that old. You could still, and I see people out wearing these older designs still, and it's like, you know what? That doesn't look all that outdated still. You know, Apple Music, I did switch to Apple Music. Sometimes I miss Spotify. So when it came out, I don't think I was like, oh wow, Apple Music, finally, it's what I've been waiting for. You know, it's a little bit more convenient to use Apple's music service over something else just because of the integration that Apple has across the ecosystem. But I do miss Spotify sometimes. That, that to say, you know, could we see a one more thing this time? It's been a while, hasn't it, since we had a good one more thing. So I don't know. Maybe Cook is waiting until his tenure at Apple is done. The rumors are saying that he wants to have one major new product announcement before he retires or moves on. And probably that's going to end up being like the AR VR headset is the, the guess, right? But you'd love to see it, though. Something interesting at the end of this Apple event. And are we going to see an iPhone event here and then an iPad event in October? Uh, that's what the rumors are saying. So probably not one more thing uh, in, in this particular iPhone 14 announcement is my guess. But interesting tweet to consider. Good job, basic Apple guy. Now, one thing everyone's talking a lot about is how much this new Apple Watch, the top edition, whatever it's going to be, whether it's a pro or some kind of edition, is potentially going to cost. This is the Mac Rumors coverage of it. it. says, we're just a few days away from when Apple is expected to announce the Apple Watch Pro an entirely new Apple Watch explicitly designed for athletes and customers who want a more robust and durable Apple Watch. So the top end kind of luxury, you know, performance segment here, kind of like the sports car version of your Apple Watch. It says the Apple Watch Pro has been described as a quote, rugged Apple Watch that will feature a new design, a larger display and battery, and more durable materials to make it suitable for athletes and those who are active. The improvements won't come without an additional cost, however, with the new model priced above most models in the current lineup. Now, currently, the most expensive Apple Watch is the Edition, okay? So you can get like a titanium case with the Leather Link Edition of the Apple Watch right now for $849. You can get one a little cheaper if you go with the Sport Loop, right? It brings it down to $799. And that's obviously much more expensive than what you could pay. The Apple Watch Series 3, which is bound to get discontinued here very shortly. It starts at 199. So uh, here's an old iJustine video that I paused on the ceramic so you can see it. I had a ceramic version of the Apple Watch a long time ago. I'm just putting this out there as a cautionary tale. I've told it before, but if you're gonna buy um, a super special edition of an Apple Watch, I wasn't able to trade this in when it came time. So I've still got it sitting around somewhere uh, because Apple just wouldn't take it as a trade-in, the ceramic version of the Apple Watch. So. Uh, you, you know, because a lot of people, they like to buy an Apple device. One of the benefits of buying an Apple device is being able to parlay it, sell it at a good price so that you can fund an upgrade, right? Uh, and you can do that with a trade-in too. Well, Apple wouldn't take a trade-in of my ceramic uh, Apple Watch. So, and it wasn't because it was cosmetic or anything. They just wouldn't take it as a trade-in. So be careful out there. But look, um, MacRumors has a really good comparison here of uh, what you could get with the Apple Watch Pro, which hasn't even been announced yet, right? This is pure speculation. 
But the point that we're gonna be talking about here is how much would you pay for an Apple Watch, okay? So the Apple Watch Series 7 edition right now, you get a titanium case. With the Pro, you could get stronger titanium alloy. Um, that's what the rumors are saying, with an improved impact resistance for you athletes out there, which is not a bad idea. I, I know a lot of people who, uh, who aren't athletes, for instance, would end up wanting to get this Pro version or whatever they're gonna call it. Uh, just for that durability, that extra ruggedness, because I have had plenty of Apple Watches that have been scratched, both the casing and the screen. So tougher is better, and not just if you're an athlete. Uh, the case design uh, in the edition is rounded edges with this curved display around the sides. Now, the new Apple Watch Pro could have an evolution of the current uh, rectangular shape. So this could be something totally new that's only available for this you know, top tier Apple Watch, which of course would drive the interest, right? Similar to not 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 quite like a Rolex, right? We're not gonna go back to the era where there was a gold-plated Apple Watch, I don't think. But still, if you're like, hey, my Apple Watch, it, just by looking at it, you can tell it's a little bit nicer than yours. Some people are gonna like that, right? Whether they're an athlete or not. So that design language, Apple's, if they keep it just for the top end, I mean, they're doing that for a reason because people are gonna want it. Now the sizes, the edition comes in 41 or 45 millimeters. They're saying that the new one, the Pro here, could be 47 to 48 with a 7% larger display. I mean, on the Apple Watch, 7% doesn't seem like a lot, but when it gets a little bit bigger, it makes a big difference. Something that I noticed right away. In fact, I made a video called, I noticed it right away, and you can see that video. Uh, it's hard to see on the screen, I guess, but in real life, a, a little percentage uh, makes a big difference in terms of how it feels and how it is to interact with, especially when you're tapping stuff with your finger. Uh, there is a real difference when you can not have to be quite so precise and know that you're still gonna hit your target on the screen. Think of like the, the tip app, right? When you're at the restaurant, you're trying to calculate a tip, uh, it's way easier with a bigger screen. So that's a real benefit, potentially, um, to have it be bigger. Um, the health features, on the addition, you can currently get ECG, blood oxygen, heart rate notifications. Is there anything new coming for health features for the Pro? Maybe that highly rumored body temperature sensor, in other words, something that could detect whether or not you have a fever. <laughs> Special features, none really on the on the 7 edition, but maybe improved watchOS UI to show additional activity metrics thanks to the larger display on the Pro. That would be interesting. Um, there's a million different interfaces, improvements that could be made, especially with a bigger display. I would love to see that. I've been calling for an Apple Watch uh, face that has like nine complications on it in sort of a grid format instead of just kind of cramming everything around a watch dial. Uh, so who knows, the possibilities could really open up with that extra 7% or potential just larger display there. Now the price of the edition, 799 to 849, the price of this new Pro, the rumors say around 900 to $1,000, maybe even over that, depending on the edition of the edition, right, that you get. That's crazy, I mean, People were saying it was ridiculous for an iPhone to cost $1,000 in years, recent years past, right? $1,000 for the Apple Watch when some of them start at like $199 or you know, $200 or $300, it's kind of hard to imagine, right? When the basic functionality is more or less the same, whether you get the cheapest or the most expensive, it's really just about how you want to be perceived, isn't it, for the most part? How many people are actually going to buy this just to see if they have a temperature or not? probably not your average consumer. How many people are gonna buy, spend that much extra, basically you know, six or $700 extra for that 7% larger display? 
it's like an extra hundred dollars for each additional percent <laughs> on the display there uh you know i do think that's one thing that actually does make a big difference the question is is it worth that much money to have a slightly bigger display and then of course the looks you know people will pay extra for the looks absolutely it's a vanity thing honestly here's the last lens that i want to look at this through and that is a lot of people buy these things and they keep them for many many years and that's one of the benefits of having an apple product you get those updates for a long time works for a long time so although i do have an apple watch that i can't charge up right now the battery or something's dead an old one um so there's that i don't know how old it is i don't remember the model so you know if you're buying something that's more durable and you know you're gonna use this for a long time and you're taking it to the gym you know and you're potentially banging it around on the equipment and stuff uh i could see that people if, if apple does target this towards you know the athletic segment of the population uh who already love this thing i honestly i could see them buying it for the rest of the population you know are you just paying for the same functionality basically 99 percent the same but it's just more durable i don't know that that is going to make uh move the needle for a lot of people but if it looks different um and it's it's obvious enough that it's different you're gonna have some people that want to be seen with the newest, biggest, most expensive watch, right? Would I pay that much for it? I don't know. It's possible that Apple's gonna send me this to test out. So, you know, would I personally pull the trigger? It really comes down to the functionality for me. I care less about the durability, although it does bother me greatly when it gets scratched, uh, but it continues to work, right? I care less about the health sensors probably than a lot of people do, but I really miss the days when people would churn out cool new apps for the Apple Watch, and that just hasn't been a thing lately because people have just been using it for notifications, mostly, you know, like messages or see what their security camera sees, you know, without having to take their phone out because I mostly use the Apple Watch to do things like make reminders for myself using Siri, for instance. You know, but I do miss the era when developers would come out with some really cool and, and ingenious and unique apps for the Apple Watch. You know, it even has an app store now, the Apple Watch. Um, but it just seems like people are developing less software um, that's just standalone software that's not a companion app of some sort for your iPhone. And uh, it really depends on the functionality. If this increases the, the functionality, it can do different things in terms of the software uh, or allow app developers to do cool new innovative stuff for a change um that would definitely move the needle for me so we'll see i guess the answer is we'll see but leave me your comments i'm really interested to know would you spend up to that much and why or why not all right that's it for the podcast let me know if you're watching this on the main channel what you thought of this longer format kind of just hang out you know the podcast has been growing very quickly in audio format um but do you like it here on the channel do you like seeing it do you wish it was somewhere else you know does it spice things up for you or is it more like oh i really don't need to see that i'd rather just hear it or listen to it in the car and, you know options are good is my feeling on the thing but let me know let me know uh don't forget you can check out the daily tech wallpaper packs right there's some good stuff in there they've been really selling like crazy uh if you want to get signed up for my productivity course which i've been working on which is going to help you uh work faster, better, get more done with less burnout in the Apple ecosystem. Uh, I'll leave a link where you can get signed up for notification. No spam. I'll just let you know when it's available. That should hit sometime in the next two to three months. Otherwise, thanks for hanging out and I'll catch you in the next one. Later.